نحلف بعرق البنايا اللي يهبط على الحجر يذوب اللي رجليهم حفايا واللي تعبوا من المكتوب نحلف بمين البحارة بالشمس والريح والسحاب نحلف بالموجة الغدارة Hello, you are listening to Maghreb in Past and Present Podcasts, a space dedicated to history, art, culture, politics, sociology, anthropology, and many other subjects. This episode is part of the Contemporary Thought series and was recorded on April 20th, 2018, at the Centre d'études Maghrebine à Tunis, CEMAT. In this podcast, Dr. Donia Smali Bouhlila, Assistant Professor at Faculté des Sciences Économiques et de Gestion de Tunis El Manar, presents a lecture on Child Labour and Schooling in Tunisia, co-authored by Moaz Soussi from University of Carthage. <laughs> Children are, of course, human too. They enjoy many of the rights that adults do in international human rights treaties. It's worthy to know that there is also a treaty that's dedicated just to children, the United Nations Convention on the Rights of the Child. It has been a long-standing focus on protecting vulnerable children as a charitable response to suffering. In the 20th century, many activists campaigned for the first international declaration for the rights of the child. In 1959, an expanded version of this declaration was adopted by the United Nations General Assembly, representing the first major international consensus on the fundamentals of children's rights. The 1989 UN International Convention on Children's Rights has been ratified by 193 states out of 195. The ILO 2017 report highlights that a total of 152 million children, approximately 64 million girls and 88 million boys, are in child labor globally, accounting for almost 1 in 10 of all children worldwide. Nearly half of all those in child labor, 73 million children in absolute terms, are in hazardous work that directly endangers their wealth, safety, and moral development. Children in employment, which is a broader measure comprising both child labor and permitted forms of employment involving children of legal working age, number 218 million. It's worthy to know that child labor declined during the period from 2012 to 2016, continuing the trend since the publication of the ILO's first global estimates of child labor in 2000. The 16-year period starting in 2000 saw a net reduction of 94 million in children in child labor. The number of children in hazardous work fell by more than half over the same period. There were almost 134 million fewer children in employment in 2016 than in 2000. Real advances have been made in the fight against child labor, providing an important foundation for efforts moving forward However, progress slowed during 2012 to 2016, which makes it difficult to honor a commitment to ending child labor in all its forms by 2025. Regarding now regional figures, Africa ranks highest both in the birth of children in child labor. The absolute number of children in child labor, 72 million. Asia and the Pacific rank second highest, 7% of all children. 
approximately 62 million in absolute terms, or in child labor in this region. The remaining child labor population is divided among the Americas, 11 million, Europe and Central Asia, 6 million, and the Arab states, 1 million. The agricultural sector accounts for by far the largest share of child labor. The sector accounts for 71% of all those in child labor and for 108 million children in absolute terms. Child labor in agriculture relates primarily to subsistence and commercial farming and livestock herding. It's often hazardous in its nature and in the circumstances in which it's carried out. Children in child labor in the services and industry sectors number 26 million and 18 million respectively. But these sectors are likely to become more relevant in some regions in the future in the face of forces such as climate change displacing families from their farms and into cities. In addition, estimates show that most child labor takes place within the family unit. Most children in child labor are not in an employment relationship with a third-party employer, but rather work on family farms and in family enterprises. The prevalence of child labor is highest in the low-income countries at 19%. By comparison, 9% of children in lower-middle-income countries, 7% of children in upper-middle-income countries, and 1% of children in upper-income countries are in child labor. Regarding now the gender profile of child labor, boys appear to face a greater risk of child labor than girls. There are 23 million more boys than girls in child labor and 17 million more boys than girls in hazardous work. Girls are much more likely than boys to shoulder responsibility for household chores a form of work not considered in the child labor estimates. Estimates of children's involvement in household chores produced for the first time for the 2016 global estimates indicates girls are much more likely than boys to perform household chores in every weekly hour bracket. Girls account for two-thirds of the 54 million children aged 5 to 14 years who perform household chores for at least 21 hours per week. So all what I have mentioned are the global estimates of child labor provided by the ILO 2017 report. Our focus in this lecture is on Tunisia, so let's have first a brief overview on the economic situation of Tunisia. According to the World Bank, Tunisia is recognized as an upper-middle-income country, and prior to 2011, it was considered as one of the best-performing non-oil exporting economies in the Middle East and North Africa. Tunisia's population is around 10.98 million. The literacy rate in 2015 is around 79%. The primary completion rate in 2014 is approximately 101.7%. The gross secondary enrollment in 2004 is around 90.6%. And the expenditure on education in all levels in 2014 is 21.6%. Despite the country's relatively positive overall economic performance, many Tunisians were marginalized by endemic economic problems such as youth unemployment and regional wealth inequality. Tunisia's revolution in 2011 was accompanied by an instability which caused the economy to contract by an estimated 1.9% of GDP in 2011. Subsequently, Tunisia's government has faced an array of economic issues ranging from falling foreign direct investment to increasing unemployment rate. Regional disparities is also a burning issue in Tunisia. The unequal distribution of wealth between Tunisia's relatively wealthy northern and coastal regions and poorer interior was a driver for social mobilization during the 2011 upsprings. A significant number of children in Tunisia are engaged in child labor, many of whom 
are among the children who drop out of school each year. Lacking in educational skills, these children are ill-equipped to enter the formal job market when they come of age. Further, these children are vulnerable to human trafficking. Children are most often found working in the informal sector, disconnected from government services, in workshops, on farms, or in businesses run by their families. Children are also engaged in forced domestic work and in smuggling illicit goods in border areas. Estimates on child labor in Tunisia are very rare. In 2014, the National Institute of Statistics and the Economic Research Forum conducted a survey on labor market known as Tunisia Labor Market Panel Survey, TLMPS. Data was publicly available in August 2016. The survey allows for an in-depth investigation of current employment characteristics as well as analysis of broader labor market dynamics. In addition, the TLMPS 2014 includes detailed information on the socioeconomic status of individuals, such as parental background, including education and employment when the individual was 15 years of age, as well as information on the assets and resources of the household. The TLMPS 2014 includes also detailed data for children below 15 years old. Before discussing the determinants of child labor in Tunisia, let's make a distinction between two types of child labor, acceptable or light work, which doesn't prevent normal education of the child. It takes place in the family context and doesn't exclude education. An acceptable work, which is time-consuming, it affects the very young and exposes young individuals to risks and hazards. According to the Conventions 138 and 182 of the International Labour Organization, an acceptable child labour is a form of exploitation that violates children's and adolescents' fundamental rights. It's performed on the market or inside the family, whether on a regular basis or a temporary basis. Regarding the minimum employment age or minimum age levels, it must be legally set for different types of activities. To some extent, these age levels may vary according to a country's economic and social situations. In any case, the general minimum employment age should not be less than the compulsory schooling completion age, fixed at 16 years for most countries. This age level should never be fixed below 15 years. However, there are some considerations that may affect this minimum. In some developing countries, 14 years is accepted. When working for a few hours and only occasionally, the limit is 13-15 years. This limit becomes 12-14 to 14 years in developing countries. Finally, for hazardous work, the limit is extended to 18 years. The TLNPS database includes 1,584 children aged 16 years or less, corresponding to different reference periods. We mean by reference period working for one week or working for three months. We also have statistics on working children with market definition and with extended definition. For the market definition, the question asked in the survey concerned participation in any activity during the past seven days with the purpose of sales, marketing, earning wage. For the extended definition, the question asked concerned participation in any activity during the past seven days with the purpose of sales, marketing, earning wage, helping in a family business. 
Our sample is composed of children aged 5 to 16 years old. The age of 16 is justified by the law for compulsory basic education. A child must stay in school until age 16, until she or he finishes lower secondary education. The prevalence of child labor is found to be around 5.87%. This rate is lower than the recent national average, which is 7.9%, as reported by the National Institute of Statistics in 2017, which includes children aged 5 to 17, and which also includes the domestic shorts. Let's now go in depth with the determinants of child labor in Tunisia. The studies conducted, mainly in Africa, on the relationship between poverty and child labor at an early age show that the proportion of economically active children aged 5 to 14 years is significantly higher in poorer households than in non-poor households in Tunisia. Moreover, wealth quantiles analysis for all households reveals the existence of a concentration of 83.9% of children working in the first three quantiles. This concentration is significantly more pronounced in urban areas than in rural areas. It appears that the low standard of living of the family leads children to work more in urban areas than in rural ones. From this point of view, we can say that the less wealthy households impel relatively more of their children to work. These results suggest that the impact of poverty on child labor is felt more in urban areas than in rural areas in Tunisia. Furthermore, southwest and center east regions have the highest proportions of working children. However, the lowest rates are found in the northeast and the southeast. Moreover, the Northwest and the Central West have similar rates, which are below the global average of 5.9%. In terms of working hours, it's assumed that beyond 15 hours per week, the task becomes heavy and prevents the child from leading a normal life. The Northeast region has the highest proportion of working children in extreme conditions according to number of hours. 90% of the working children work more than 30 hours. 20% work more than 40 hours per week, while the number of children working less than 15 hours falls to zero. In the Central East region, with a high rate of child workers, 39.4% work more than 30 hours per week. In the Central West region, Four out of five working children work for less than 15 hours per week. In the Northwest region, 46.2% of child workers work for more than 30 hours per week. And one-third of these children work for more than 48 hours per week. The classification of children by activity shows that 51.6% of working children are in the service sector. The agricultural sector has almost one-third of the children workers. This proportion is significantly lower compared to the world average, where 59% of working children are engaged in agricultural tasks. Some 16.1% of working children are employed in the building and public works sector, where they are exposed to serious risks. Turning now to demographic determinants, Families with fewer children have the best conditions to keep them in school and thus are able to protect them against child labor. Migration is also a demographic element that strongly impacts child labor. In general, families that migrate to new locations are attracted by the informal market and poor neighborhoods because of frigid and restrictive immigration policies. 
These factors increase their level of vulnerability, deprive them of support and social protection networks, and push them to opt for child labor as a means of facing these difficulties and supplementing their family income. For the gender differences, data reveals that only 3 out of 10 child laborers are girls. Boys are more exposed to work in order to help their families. Boys perform the most demanding tasks in terms of hours. Indeed, in the 49-70 hours interval, boys account for 11.3% against 4% for girls. However, 44% of girls work on tasks that require less than 5 hours a week against 32.1% for boys. Family characteristics are among the factors that contribute to child labor. Our results highlight the important role played by the father as breadwinner and source of income. Indeed, in the absence of the father, the risk of being a child laborer is much higher than in the case of the mother's absence. Analysis of the structure of working children by father's education level reveals that higher education levels of the father decreases child participation in the child labor to a remarkable extent. Now, by focusing on the influence of the nature of the father's occupation on the child labor, it appears that 43.6% for the fathers of working children are occupied in industry and handicraft. The artisans appear most favorable to the work of their children. However, office workers have rarely their children in the labor force. TLNPF data provides evidence that the child is more exposed to work when the father runs his own business. The reason is that the child will be accompanying the father in his activities. Let's now shed light on the impact of child labor on education. But before that, let's have a quick overview of the education characteristics in Tunisia. The Tunisian government has pursued a policy that guarantees the right to education for all children aged 6 to 16 years. Basic compulsory education in Tunisia lasts for 9 years and is divided into two complementary cycles. The first cycle lasts 6 years and corresponds to primary education. The official primary school entrance age is 6. The second cycle corresponds to lower secondary and lasts 3 years. The official entrance age to lower secondary is 12 years. At the end of the basic education, the student can continue her or his education to upper secondary or take a secondary vocational education. Tunisia has a total of 2,199,000 pupils enrolled in primary and secondary education. Of these pupils, about 48% are enrolled in primary education. Though the country has achieved near-universal primary education with a primary net enrollment rate at 99% and primary completion rate at 102%, it still encounters problems of great repetition and dropout among 6-16 years children. For both males and females, the average repetition rate across primary grades is 6.2%. Regarding dropout, in 2015, the Ministry of Education launched a campaign, The School Regains Its Students, an initiative characterized by the establishment of robust targets for number of children to return to education as quickly as possible. Despite the efforts made by the Tunisian government in terms of resources allocated to the education sector, and regardless of the economic crisis of 2008 and 2009 and the political changes, Tunisia continues to exhibit high rates of dropout in lower secondary education. To help identify students at risk of falling off track in their schooling and not completing one of the education cycles, 
Some predictor indicators are useful to study. Among these indicators is grade repetition. It's worthy to know that the percentage of female repeaters in primary and lower secondary education is less than that of males. In primary education and over the 15 past years, the percentage of repeaters for both sexes has decreased, but at a very slow rate. However, an upward shift has been observed since 2010. When examining the percentage of repeaters in lower secondary education, we noticed that it increased in 2000 for both sexes more than in the 1980s and 1990s. It recorded a decrease in 2010, then a marked increase in 2013. The causes underlying great repetition and hand dropout are widely discussed in the literature and vary enormously with countries. Child labor is a factor that makes students at risk of dropping out. TLMPS 2014 data show that 90.73% of the target population, I mean children aged 5 to 16 years old, has schooling as their main activity. It also reveals that the overall prevalence of child labor among school children aged 5 to 16 years old is 1.36%. Moreover, Data shows that 3.4% of this target population are working and are no longer at school, and 4.51% are neither working nor at school. Regarding gender differences, the proportion of males combining work and schooling is around 3.10%. This proportion decreases to 1.30% for females. Likely, the proportion of males who are not at school and working is modestly larger than that of females, 3.84% percent against 1.96 percent. On the whole, in Tunisia, boys are twice as likely to be in the labor force as girls. Turning now to the grade repetition, which is not only a common phenomenon associated with child labor, but also a precursor to dropout, data analysis shows that boys are more prone to repeat one or two years while they are working. However, working girls are more likely to repeat three or four years than working boys. Working children are more vulnerable than their peers who are not engaged in work. So child labor impedes academic progress since working children are significantly less likely to be in the appropriate grade level than non-working children. We conducted also an empirical analysis where we estimated the risk of dropping out when children are involved in child labor. We found that child labor exerts a certain pressure on young individuals who are enrolled at school and absorb huge time supposed to be allocated for their out-of-school studies. These conditions can ultimately impact on the likelihood of children to drop out from school. There also appears to be a gender gap in the incidence of child labor, where girls are more at risk of dropping out than boys. Regarding now the incidence of child labor on school dropout across urban and rural areas, TLNPS 2014 data reveals an urban risk BA in dropping out when engaged in work. Though it's widely known that child activity rates are substantially higher in rural areas than in urban areas, suggesting that rural working children are more at risk of dropping out, the picture is totally different in Tunisia. The risk of dropping out is five times higher in urban areas than in rural ones. Regional differences are very apparent. The relative risk of dropping out is very high in coastal regions, particularly in Central East, governorates of Sousse, Monastir, Mehdiya, and Sfax, followed by the Northeast region to a lesser extent. Likewise, in Greater Tunis, governorates of Tunis, Ariana, Benarus, and Manuba, the risk is very high. 
Children living and working in Northwest, Center West, and Southeast are less at risk of dropping out while engaged in certain activities. A plausible explanation of this atypical picture is the use of children in services such as tourism, traditional crafts industry, in markets and cafes, in street work, including shining shoes, vending, and scavenging garbage. These activities are most predominant in urban and coastal regions than in rural and inland regions. Besides, urban and coastal regions may provide permanent jobs for these young individuals. We also provide evidence that 93.95% to 97.73% of the dropout from working children is attributed to their engagement in labor. In all the regions of Tunisia, nearly all working children might be saved from dropping out if they were not engaged in labor. We also estimated the attributable risk, which is a measure of access risk, which is in this case dropping out, that is attributed to exposure, which is in this case child labor. And we find that 93.95% to 97.73% of the dropout from working children is attributed to their engagement in labor. In all the regions of Tunisia, nearly all working children might be saved from dropping out if they were not engaged in labor. Our results provide evidence that child labor is the sole factor of dropping out for those working children. Thank you for listening to Maghreb in Past and Present Podcasts. Other episodes are available on our website www.themaghrebpodcast.com as well as on iTunes and Podbean. For more information on our podcasts, Like our Facebook page, Maghreb in Past and Present Podcasts. Subscribe to the Samat newsletter at www.samatmaghreb.org or visit the webpage of the American Institute for Maghreb Studies. See you soon for new episodes.